Broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Well, it feels good. Uh, you know, preparation is a big part of this game. You know, you, you got to spend time together, I think. But uh, we're, we're fortunate that we had almost 100% turnout. And uh, we, we, we got better each day. We did a lot of strategic things to focus on every day, and we got better. So I'm, I'm very happy with that. And the, the closing message is uh, going to be personal. You know, we don't talk about the things we say in team meetings, but uh, the expectations are rising now. You know, we, we proved that we can compete in the AFC West. You know, we proved we can win on the road. And now we've got to prove we can uh, win at a much higher level. And uh, we got a great schedule. We've got a very difficult st- schedule open season. So be smart with your time and, and uh, continue to train like a champion. That's John Gruden yesterday as the Raiders wrapped up uh, minicamp. And uh, as I wrote, he kind of turned up the heat a little bit on the expectations the Raiders, you know, and, you know, when I talked to Derek Carr um, a couple days ago, you know, he, he brought up the game against the Denver Broncos last year, the last game of the season, and it was the exact situation that had happened the year before. Uh, they were at the goal line. They needed to get a two-point conversion to win the game. Two years ago in 2019, they failed. They didn't make the play. In 2020, they made the play. They scored you know, they, they, uh, he, he threw a pass to Darren Waller, tight window, do or die. You have to make it or else you go home and, with another loss. And what he said was, you know, Vinny, he said, look, did we finish the season, like the season itself, the way we wanted to? No, we didn't. But winning that game against the Denver Broncos in the way we did – by doing something that the, that last year we, we we failed at doing, same exact part of the field, same exact situation, nothing was really at stake other than pride. Basically, trying to win an eighth game uh, to improve on last year's win total, making that play when it needed to be made. And what he said to me, he's like, you know what, Vinny, if you if if people can't see that. And understand there was something a little bit different about last year than the year before. Then you're just blind. And he said, and if you can't see what we did last year, some of the things that we accomplished last year, I'm sure he's pointing to, you know, beating the Kansas City Chiefs, almost beating them again, uh, winning one more game than they did year, the year before, scoring ten, the, the 10th most points in the NFL, being a kind of a prolific offense really last year, being in every game. There was one game really where they, where they uh, got outclassed for whatever reason against the Atlanta Falcons. Other than that, they were battling. They lost three games on the other team's last possession basically, you know, down the stretch. Um, so did, did, did Derek says to me, look, Vinny, did we, did we finish the season the way we wanted, the entire season the way we wanted to? No. But if you can't look at what we did last year, some of the things we did last year, and not see the progress, then you're just angry. You're not, you know, and those are the terms that he used. And I agree with him. We've talked about this before. The difference last year, the difference, let's put it this way, the difference in 2019 from 7-9 and nine 
and 11 and 5 was like, you know, um, from here to eternity. Like, you can't even think about the Raiders along those terms. You can't, there's nothing about the 2019 season, even when they were at 6 and 4 and all that. um, There was nothing about that team that gave you the thought, wow, they could have really won 11 games. How? They got blown out down the stretch. They were outclassed down the stretch. They just weren't better than the teams that they were playing. They weren't competitive against a lot of the teams that they were playing against. They, there was nothing about 2019 by the time it all wrapped up where you thought, man, if, that, if for this, ah, they were pretty you know, that could, this could have been an 11-win team. No, it, it wasn't. It was, just wasn't that good. And in spite of the flaws last year, or I should say, you know, in spite of the flaws in 2020 with the obvious flaws that were there, they were literally a couple of plays away from being an 11-win team. Like, that's not – it's not out of the realm. You just make a play against the Kansas City Chiefs down the stretch. You just make one play against the Chargers in overtime. You make one play, bat one ball down, you know, uh, make one stop on third down or a fourth down against the Miami Dolphins, uh, you know, with that ni- in 19 seconds left in the game. All – if – if the Raiders did that, they're an 11-win team. Like, that's how close they were. It's so close yet so far away. Granted, I get that. But if you're being realistic, they were pretty close to being an 11-win team. That's why last year's 8-8 eight and eight was way different than the previous year's 7-9. and nine. Yes, officially, it was just one game. But I think we the eyeball test, I should say, tells you a lot differently than that. It wasn't just one game. This team was close. I just feel like this that team last year, especially defensively, they just weren't ready to be that team, to make those type of plays. There's a lot of reasons for that. We've gone over them. There was talent. There was coaching. There was uh, injuries, COVID-19, a lack of an offseason. They just weren't ready to make those plays. But it really is just plays. I mean, when we're, if we're being honest about it, we're talking about a handful of plays that maybe on one hand that you can count. Had they just made those four plays, those three plays, whatever it might have been, they're an 11-win team. 2019, you'd have to, I would have to get DeMond's hands and toes, my hands and toes, John Gruden's hands and toes. It was just a colossal amount of breakdowns and talent issues and just they, they weren't anywhere near being an 11-win team in 2019. They were in 2020, and they've made improvements on paper, granted, but they've made improvements that you can visibly see when you're out there watching them. Obviously, it has to happen now on the field. Otherwise, it's just all talk. But as Derek Carr told me, if you don't see the progress that was made, if you didn't see how the end of the season, how, how uh, the contrast that that was compared to the end of the season in 2019, you're just blind. That's what he said. You're blind. And I agree with him. Now, of course, it's on Derek Carr, Henry Ruggs, the defense, everybody, um, you know, to, to – to turn that talk into action. I think they're a lot closer than people might think. And uh, we're going to find out pretty early on how close uh, that might be. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listen line. Uh, Mitch is in New Jersey. How you doing, Mitch? Mitch. 
Mitch, are you there? Hello? Yeah. Uh, can you hear me now? I got you, brother. Uh, it's, it's these phones, I tell you. I really picked the you, but they sold me a lemon. Anyway, um, I love hearing, I, I heard you on uh, Freddie and Roddy. I, I, I follow all three LA, LA teams. I mean, the Raiders, too. I can't help it, but, um, you know, I'm such a West Coast guy, but I'm happy here. Um, I know, I, I, I put Derek Carr ahead of um, Rich Gannon. I mean, Rich Gannon was a pretty good quarterback, small quarterback, pretty good arm. But I already put, uh, he's going to have such a good year this year. I think we're going to have, uh, besides the tight end, we're going to have two wide two receivers at 1,000 yards to uh, receive. I already mentioned about the, the running game. Uh, I mean, this, 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 this season has come, this summer's fine already, I think. Before, you know, playing, you know, football. It's just too much football. I think they got to short out this train and cut out some of these preseason games. But, um, but Derek Carr is going to be a Raider for life. Uh, no problem. If they don't make the playoffs, it's not going to be the offense full. I just may worry about the offensive line, and I would say it's secondary. is another major, uh, another uh, second worry point, but we're going to have a good year. It's, I think it's one of the toughest divisions. Both Western, both the uh, conference and the West are the best divisions in football. No doubt in my mind. Yeah, uh, um, I... I, I... I definitely agree with you uh, on, on that, and you know, uh, as we've mentioned before, and John Gruden just spoke about it. Um, you know, this is a it's it's a great schedule, it's a tough schedule, but I think it's an opportunistic schedule for the Raiders. They're going to play every team that you figure is going to be part of that wild card race. No doubt, the Raiders want to win their division. No doubt, they feel like they can win this division. I mean, you know, you have to believe that, right? If you don't believe it, who's going to believe it? So. Inwardly, they feel like, and they showed last year, even with a flawed defense, they showed last year they can hang with the Kansas City Chiefs on a game-to-game basis. So there's no reason why they don't think that they can compete with them again this year. It'll be, if they can, then it's going to require them, you know, uh, and if, if they can, and they do, to win the division, they're going to have to beat a bunch of other teams as well. And, you know, they have to keep an eye on that, obviously. But if you're gonna, if you're being honest about the situation and you know not presumptuous, you got to also keep in mind for the Raiders the path to the playoffs. It might not be winning the division; it might have to be uh, winning one of the wild card spots. And so, when you start looking at the wild card, the Colts, the Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, the Miami Dolphins, the Cleveland Browns. All of those teams are the teams that you figure are going to be in the running for that very thing. And the Raiders play every single one of them. It's tough, but it's opportunistic. Wow. Uh, appreciate the call, Mitch. Thank you very much. We're going to go out to, the, uh, yeah, we're out, out to the Raider Nation uh, listener line. James wants to talk about the defensive backs. How are you doing, James? How are you doing? I'm good, man. Yeah, I'm just saying that the Raiders normally, they, they, they normally get beat in most games. From, by the defensive backs. Normally the game comes down as a drive and they normally get beat over the secondary. I think if the Raiders can strengthen a secondary, which I think they did, I think that's a big plus if they can hold teams. And that's the thing, when you play teams in that division or everybody knows Kansas City, and I get what you're saying about even Kansas City, but the Raiders did show that they can hang. But the problem with that is, is that Kansas City is their Super Bowl. So they get up for Kansas City, but then they turn around and lose to a team like Atlanta. The great teams, they, they, they beat those teams like Atlanta. They know how to handle those type of teams, and that's the teams that they beat. 
Now, when it comes to the other teams in the division, you got to be able to hang. I get it with Kansas City, but Kansas City is their Super Bowl, just like the game when they was right there with Kansas City, and Kansas City came right down the field, which every team struggles with Kansas City. But to be one of the great teams, you have to be able to win those games, and normally Raiders normally lose football games when the defensive backs, the secondary, when they cannot hold the opposition. You've got to be able to hang in there. And that's what I think they normally get beat. Other than that, Derek Carr just has to be steady, and he has to be able to win those games that they should be able to beat, some teams that they should be able to beat. I just think those are the two things. Derek Carr has to be steady, and the defensive back, and they, I know they drafted well and they brought in people. To me, that secondary has to be solid for them to be able to compete with the other teams. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, I wouldn't classify the Raiders as a great team, which makes it all the more important that they handle their business against the teams that they need to handle their business against. Like you said, the Atlanta Falcons, the New York Jets, they almost lost that game. Uh, that shouldn't have been that close. Although, the, you know, the Jets go and beat the L.A. Rams. They were actually kind of playing good at that time of year. It's, I know it's, you, you think of the Jets, they were they uh, won, what, what, one, two games or so? Um, right. Right, uh, but at it, it, for whatever reason, at that point in the season, they were actually kind of playing fairly well. They went and showed that by beating the Rams. So it wasn't that big of an embar- embarrassment that the Raiders struggled on the road uh, to beat that, the Jets because for whatever reason they caught some fire right there. So, uh, but that Atlanta game was inexcusable. Uh, there's gonna be it's a it's a 16 game schedule next year. This year it's going to be a 17 game schedule. Uh, I can't stress enough and you have as fans have seen this you understand it there's always that game or two maybe in a long yeah. season where you're just not bringing it like you should or something's right. just run afoul and, and I, that that game in Atlanta and I was there it was just weird from the get-go and you know here's what I'll say um, uh, uh, James it's not just being a great team to win those games it's being a it's not smart. I, just understanding, hey, this is going to be a difficult week. It's it was Thanksgiving week. It was one of those, you know, you're you're trying to fit in the family stuff. You're doing the the turkey, all of that uh, on, th- on on Thanksgiving Day. You've got family in town. You got to make a long trip uh, out to Atlanta. Um, there's a lot that you have to fight through in that situation mentally. That you just have to fight through. And the good teams and the veteran teams, they understand, like, look, it's probably going to be a little bit of a slugfest. We're probably not going to be on top of our game, but we got to fight through it and win this game. These are the kind of games that you got to figure it out, find a way. It's not going to be great. It's not going to be pretty. Um, and, and, and it just isn't. There's a lot that's, that works against you when you have to be the traveling team across country uh, during Thanksgiving week. I know it because I feel it. Like, I'm covering the team, and it all feels off. The whole week schedule feels weird and off, and you're working on Thanksgiving, and you got family in town. It's just there's something off about that week, and you have to overcome it. And the good teams, uh, the, the savvy teams, the veteran teams do. Again, you look at the Raiders last year. In, in a lot of instances, it, it was like they weren't ready to handle certain situations. That was one of them. Um, but they have to. They're, you know, this year they go to Dallas <laughs> on Thanksgiving. Last year should be a lesson for them. Uh, the, the, the performance that they threw out there against the Atlanta Falcons um, was, you know, the, the, nothing was in sync. The defense stunk. The offensive line was horrible. Derek Carr couldn't, you know, uh, uh, hold on to the ball. 
he threw he he threw it away. He fumbled it away. Um, you know, uh, it was just a bad performance across the board. It happens, right. right? But at the same time, sooner or later, the Raiders got to get rid of the excuses. Yes, exactly. That because it's Thank been you. years. It's been years, and I mean, it's the same. They repeat the same things. It comes to a point where to be one of those teams, you got to figure out. Listen, everybody travels. Everybody has these type of games, but they still able to overcome it. So now to put your finger on, I don't know if it's the quarterback. I don't know if it's like like. You know, like the great ones, I get it. The Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, all of them, they get it, and they, and they find a way. You can give Tom Brady tight ends, and he can figure out offense just with having two tight ends and no great receivers, but still you turn around and win 12 games. Yeah. I'll, I mean, you know, just, let you me ask you, let me throw this at you, James. Let me throw yeah. this at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm, right, I'm right there with you. No excuses. you got to figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it helps, though. It helps when you have – two sides of the ball that on any given day, if one side's struggling, the other side's got your back, man. And yeah. I, I felt like last year the defense just wasn't ready to have the offenses back. And, 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 and that offense right. struggled against the Falcons. There's no doubt that they struggled. It was mm-hmm. a bad performance. But right. there's, when you talk about good teams, when you talk about great teams – that uh-huh. if one side of the ball it ain't happening on that side of the ball and it wasn't for the Raiders' offense and it had been all year basically, but in that game it wasn't, that's when you have to be able to rely on the other side of the ball sometimes, man. Like, man, we're, you got to hold down the fort until we can get our act together here because we don't got our act together. That's obvious. And it's going to be a struggle. We could feel it. Our timing's off. The, the offensive line's banged up. Um, you know, uh, uh, Derek's not seeing it like he normally sees it. It might be a little struggle till we find our footing, but we got to be able to rely on you, defense. Right. I agree. I, I just agree. don't think that there was ever a point last year where the offense could realistically ask True. the defense to hold down the True. fort. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I started out right. And that's why I started out with the defense and back to secondary because yep. normally when the Raiders get beat and when they get in shootouts, the defense, the, the, the secondary seems it is always something that breaks down in the defensive secondary that you say, well, I can be a third and 20. And the team <laughs> will pick it up. And you're like, how in the world? Like, it's always something. Backbreakers, too. Those, yeah. are, those are just backbreakers. And it happened yeah. quite a bit last year, unfortunately. Not quite a bit, but enough where it was noticeable. Right. Um, yeah. and, right. and, you know, I appreciate the, uh, the, the call, James. Thanks. Uh, don't be a stranger. Give us a call. I uh, really appreciate the conversation. I, I also think that yes, the DBs need to step it up without question, and uh, they need to be they need to cover better. They need to be better ball hawks back there. They need to tackle better, uh, the whole gamut. But it sure is going to help if that defensive line can get more pressure on the quarterback. That changes everything. Um, you know, to me, covering the Rams, what. Aaron Donald was able to do and Michael Brockers alongside him and some other, you know, good pass rushers. It wasn't just Aaron, although he was a, you know, game changer himself. It sure did help the secondary. Now, obviously getting a Jalen Ramsey, that makes it that the, the Rams vision was like, oh man, you're talking about getting, having the best defensive lineman in the game and arguably the best cornerback and a cornerback that, you know, tackles causes fumbles, you know, intercepts the ball, covers his guy. To be able to build a defense that has a premier player at both of those positions, yes. We'll give up two first-round picks for that. I mean, you know, so so that 
played, you know, uh, played off of each other. But even before Jalen Ramsey got there, the secondary wasn't all that bad, even though they had, you know, good, not great defensive backs. But they were better because they had a pass rush in front of them that was making things happen. So if this Raiders defensive line consistently creates some pressure on the quarterback, obviously it's going to help that secondary. It's going to help that secondary find its footing. It's going to help that secondary start developing some chemistry and some confidence in itself. Um, and, and so it plays off. It's, it's, it goes hand in hand. And I think early on, we're going to find out where is this pass rush? You know, uh, is it better? Because if it is, that defense across the board is going to get better. Mark my word. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonson. You're about to you by Tequila and Bonner. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Yeah, we've put a lot of picks into our secondary. Uh, if you count Trayvon Maring and Tyree Gillespie and, you know, obviously Carl Joseph and John Abram, you know, we got a lot of high picks in that secondary. They're young. Hayward is, is going to be a veteran. It brings us some seasoning um, and some day-to-day consistency. And uh, he's going to provide a lot of competition, I promise you that. He's not here to give away his job. So uh, we like the, the makeup of our secondary. I like the guy coaching them. I think this guy's a special coach. And the best guys are going to play. I don't care if it's Nate Hobbs or Amik Robinson. I don't care what round they came in. We're going to play the best four or five guys, and uh, the players will decide that. That's John Gruden talking about some of the defensive improvements uh, on the back end of the defense in that secondary, Casey Hayward, the drafting of Trayvon Morig. Trayvon Mullen got drafted uh, two years before. Did he mention Damon Arnett? I don't think he mentioned Damon. Um, uh, so we'll see what, what, what all that means for, for, uh, for Damon Arnett. Um, Sounds like he's being challenged a little bit. It's time for uh, Damon to uh, step it up. There was a lot working against him last year, um, but that's last year. So uh, he looked to be in good shape when I saw him. looked bigger and stronger. Uh, but it's time for him to uh, to make himself known, Damon Arnett. By the way, the Raiders um, added a linebacker today and a cornerback, uh, Darren Lee former first-round pick by the New York Jets in 2016. Um, Linebacker was brought in today. The Raiders also signed uh, Devontae Bosby. He is a cornerback, and they waived cornerback T.J. Morrison. So Darren Lee uh, added to the equation along with Devontae Bosby. We've been talking, remember a couple weeks ago, last week or so, Mentioned that yeah, if there was one area that I was looking at, thinking, I wonder if the Raiders are going to make a move uh, at, at, at this position group, and that was the linebackers. Divine Diablo hasn't been out there, the rookie, yet. Uh, sounds like there's a uh, something he's dealing with, um, some kind of an injury. Uh, the teams aren't obligated to, uh, to share or shed any light on, on any injuries right now. Uh, there's no injury report. He hasn't even signed his contract yet. So uh, he's been here and was here taking part in the offseason program. 
just wasn't able to get on the field. John Gruden talked about it yesterday. Uh, he hopes that Devine's going to be good to go by training camp. That kind of indicates that there's something that he's dealing with physically. But when you look at the linebacker group, Nick Kwiatkowski, Nicholas Morrow, Corey Littleton, those are the three starters. But behind that, and, and I think that, that that unit has a chance to be pretty decent, uh, especially if Corey Littleton steps up or returns to his form. I refuse to believe, and I've said this a million times, I refuse to believe that Corey Littleton forgot how to play football between 2019 and 2020. If he can get back to being the player that he was in Los Angeles, uh, it changes things with those linebackers because he can play the run, he can definitely play the pass. That's one of his strengths. He's fast enough, smart enough, savvy enough uh, in pass uh, coverage. So we'll see. I have a chance. That, I mean, I have a, I have a feeling that he's going to bounce back. Um, and if he does, then he and Nick Wachowski and Nicholas Morrow, whose arrow was definitely pointing up uh, last year, it's a competent linebacking crew. Behind them, that's where I was, ugh, you know. All right, Tanner Muse has potential, but didn't play last year because of the toe injury that he suffered in training camp. Uh, tried to play through it in training camp. Obviously didn't look nearly as physical or, or, or fast or as athletic as he did in Clemson. There was an obvious reason why. He was dealing with a painful toe injury. Tried to work through it. Tried to avoid the season-ending surgery. Uh, but it got to a point where there was no other alternative. He needed to get the surgery. He got it. He looks pretty good. He looked good uh, during uh, minicamp. But an unknown quantity. I think he'll be a special teams guy this year and try to work his way into the rotation. But, you know, you, you can't sit here and say, oh, yeah, he, you know, if something were to happen, Tanner Muse is a guy that the Raiders can turn to at linebacker. It's just you, you can't because he, we've not seen it yet. Divine Diablo, lots of potential, looks great on tape. But he hasn't been out there, so what, you know you can't make anything of Divine Diablo just yet. Javin White, the undrafted rookie from uh, UNLV last year, again he didn't get up on the field enough last year to show that you know he's going to be a reliable player. All these guys can be. I'm not saying or suggesting that uh, you know none of them can be can't be reliable players uh, at some point, maybe even this year. But if you're looking at it on paper, and this is what I was doing uh, during OTAs, I kept looking at that linebacker group going, man, there's a lot of uncertainty behind the starters. I wonder if the Raiders are going to make a, any kind of a move to bring in some sort of, uh, you know, some level of, of dependability veteran uh, player behind the three starters. And lo and behold, that's what they did. Uh, in, in talking to some folks today, Sounds like uh, Darren Lee really had a great workout uh, here. He's only 26 years old. He's got you know close to 40 starts, I think it is, under his belt. Uh, there's a level of production there. There's a level of reliability, former first-round pick. Uh, he looked good in the workout. He's young. The price is right. Not a bad option um, to bring in a Darren Lee to beef up the depth. Uh, at linebacker, because uh, at some point, I mean, it's 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 inevitable, right? Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get dinged up. Somebody's going to come off the field. Where do you turn now? Hopefully, if that were to happen, Tanner Muse is going to be a capable, um, you know, backup 
Divine Diablo, Javin White. Remember, the Raiders were really talking up Javin White last year. Uh, but it's a lot going from UNLV, no you know, off-season, a very condensed training camp. Uh, a lot to bite off for any rookie, especially an undrafted guy making a position change from kind of a rover safety uh, to now linebacker. So, uh, so just to, to be on the safe side, uh, the Raiders bring in uh, Darren Lee. I think it's an interesting pickup, um, especially if you're looking at uh, him as a reserve. Not a bad option to have. Don't know much about Devontae Bowsby. Uh, he was he's been in the league since 2015, an undrafted uh, free agent. Uh, bounced around a few times, uh, has a couple of starts to his credit. Um, so, you know, we'll see. It's the, the Raiders continue to tinker with the roster. Remember we talked about this, how this is such a valuable time of year or was a valuable time of year as guys scatter about and, and uh, you know, go home, wherever home might be, uh, or just unplug for a little while. They were out here working these last two months or so, uh, getting in a lot of great work and deservedly so need to go recharge the batteries a little bit ahead of training camp. But what these last two months and specifically these last four weeks, really getting these guys on the field in a, uh, you know, practice setting and seeing them work against other people, the Raiders got a chance to look at their roster and assess it. And we saw some of the changes that they made on the offensive line, some of the tinkering that they've done at safety, at cornerback, uh, it just it, it allowed them to really get a good look at what they had to work with instead of having to wait to training camp like they did last year to kind of get it all figured out. So it wasn't just an important time of year for players. And I talked to Derek Carr. I asked him about that, you know, and he's like, it's just so invaluable, you know, especially for the young guys. He goes, even the second year, he's telling me like, look, Changing defensive coordinators, newcomers that come here. You know, you've been playing in one system for the last couple of years. All of a sudden, you come to the Raiders and you're playing a different system, let alone everyone else that's learning the new system that's, that are holdovers. How are you, this is what Derek said. How are you going to get better as a team if you don't put the work in right now? It's one thing. He goes, there's, there's things, you know, last year, COVID-19, we had to deal with it. You know, we're trying to get out there, you know, at the local parks to do what we can do. But there's nothing like being challenged by your coaches and them pushing your buttons to get more out of you. And what have we talked about? Learning in the classroom and then going out on the field, being able to work against one another. Being able to, you know, uh, put what you learn in the classroom to the field. Being able to digest the new system, uh, put in new plays. What did we talk? To? Remember we talked to Foster Moreau. I mean, this is we're in June, and he was talking about, yeah, man, we drew up like these three plays. I I, I can't wait to run them in the season. Like that's what this part of the year is about: mastering that type of stuff, digesting it, learning it, walking it out on the field. Offensively and defensively, it's invaluable. But it's also a chance, again, for John Gruden and his staff and Mike Mayock, and he was out on the field day after day after day with his uh, Golden Knights hat, showing support for the hockey team. Tough loss last night, by the way. To what do we need to fix here? What do we need to address? Are we good with? The linebacker group going into training camp. Is this the group that we want to go, go into training camp with? 
do we feel we have the 90 best players possible in order to get down to the 53 best possible? No? Yeah, kind of feel like a little thin at the linebacker position. Let's go get somebody. Let's go bring Darren Lee in for a workout. Wow, he's running out. He's looking pretty good out there. How old is he? 26? All right. Not a bad guy to have. So, uh, you know, it's not, it wasn't just for the players, which it's mostly about the players, but really being able to eyeball the team and, and kind of see what, uh, uh, you know, what you have to work with was really important. And, and so, you know, when you hear John Gruden talking about some of these young guys, when you hear, uh, uh, you know, Gus Bradley talking about, you know, Tyree Gillespie and, and Nate Hobbs, you know, um, Actually, Devon, do we have the uh, the clip of, of of Gus when he was talking about? I had asked him, you know, uh, what might be happening at that slot cornerback position. This was pretty interesting to me. If you have that, yeah, I think right now there's a lot that we put on that plate. So at the nickel spot, you're seeing a lot of guys rotate in there. But um, you know, guys like Lawson has really jumped out. I think he's a guy that has picked up very well on it. Uh, Amik, we got playing there. He, he's doing he's doing a nice job on the inside. The guy that's probably really jumped out as is Hobbs, the kid from Illinois. Uh, very impressed with him. I think he's come in with a real good knowledge of the position. So his learning curve is, is uh, really jumped up. So there, there's a couple guys right there that we're looking at. Uh, the, the safety position. That was Gus Bradley talking about that slot cornerback position. And that name that kind of keeps coming up um, is Nate Hobbs. And, you know, we got a chance to talk to, uh, to, to Nate on draft night. And uh, well, it was actually draft day, third day of the draft. Uh, and the, the, I just enjoyed listening to him talk. And you can feel it, even though it was on Zoom. You could feel the confidence. You could feel the chip on his shoulder. You could feel the determination. Uh, remember what he said, you know, the, the, it was, it, what was it? Something along the lines of they're going to get it, it, he, either the steal of the draft, something along those lines where he's like, man, I'm not satisfied with, you know, I, being that for, the fourth, a fourth round pick. I'm better than that. And I'm going to show them that. And they're going to understand that. Just, he had that gritty, tough hard-nosed attitude, and I just felt like that's going to translate. You can tell sometimes just talking to guys. You know, you put it on the tape, and he, he played well, and he played for Lovey Smith. Uh, and I talked to him about that, about playing for Lovey Smith and the importance of learning the defensive back position from one of the masters <laughs> coaches, uh, you know, on the planet when it comes to defensive football. I think Lovey's in Houston now and uh, happy to have him back in the NFL. Great football coach. Great defensive coach. What a great mentor to have if you're a college kid at the University of Illinois. Lovey Smith in your ear. Been there, done that. Took a team to a Super Bowl. Architects of some really good defenses, whether it was in Chicago or Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think Lovey Smith knows what it's all about. And it sounds like Nate just soaked it all in and appreciated it too and expressed that appreciation when we talked to him on, on draft night. So he comes in here, Nate Hobbs does. I understand it's Illinois. It's not the top program in the Big Ten or the, let alone the country. But he learned and got a master class course, PhD, 
in defense of football, specifically on the back end, from Lovey Smith. That spending four years being coached by Lovey Smith, getting that insight and that knowledge. And it sounds like from the moment he stepped on the field here, he's caught the eye of a lot of people, coaches and players included, teammates included. And I know this from players, they don't just give it up. But Trayvon Mullen noticed, and he talked about it, and Gus Bradley made a point to talk about Nate Hubbs yesterday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. I think when a, when a defense really plays fast, you know, take for example the first week or so when we put the defense in. We were allowed, guys were allowed to kind of go for punches, you know, try to simulate at least going for the ball. But you didn't see very many opportunities. And you could tell that guys were really thinking about what they have to do, how they're going to do it. And the last thing on their mind was to go for the ball. That has changed a little bit. We're starting to see now guys going after the ball more. And I think it's, it shows us as coaches really a sense that hey, they're starting to play faster. They're starting to understand what they're supposed to do, how they're supposed to do it. So their mindset is now also about let's go after the ball and not miss any opportunities. So the, the ability to create more take- takeaways, it, it really starts with the mindset to go after the ball. And, uh, you know, I think when you see a team doing it, they're playing pretty fast. And that's our objective, fast, physical, and ball out. That's what we're preaching to our guys, fast, physical, ball out, over and over, every play, you know, every call that is designed to get the ball out. And, uh, you know, to keep preaching that to them. That was Raiders defensive coordinator Gus Bradley uh, talking about what can be done from a coaching perspective, from a technical standpoint, fundamental standpoint, to try to increase the turnovers that the defense uh, can generate. It was, what, 15 last year? Way down. It's got to be in the 20s, high 20s, 30s. And obviously, the offense plays a role in that. Um, if, if you're not getting turnovers from your defense, you can't turn the ball over offensively. So got to eliminate the fumbles from the quarterback. Darren Waller had a couple of key fumbles, interceptions, all that type of stuff. But if your defense isn't generating turnovers, it just makes life really, really difficult. And so there's ways to um, you know coach it up a little bit. But I think what Gus Bradley was trying to uh, say is, you know what really does help is playing free, playing easy, playing fast, being in the right position, getting your hand on the ball, making ball- plays on the ball, playing confidently, playing aggressively, playing – Offensive defense, if that makes any sense. And so, you know, there, there's just so much you can do in the setting that the Raiders just came from uh, to kind of coach that up, swiping at the ball. You know, when you're tackling, try to knock it loose. Uh, there were a couple of drills that we were watching the defensive linemen uh, in their work against, um, you know, in, against the bags. There was like a some kind of a, a long-armed type thing that had like a little bit of a football on it, you know, so they, they always ended it with swiping at that thing, swiping at it when they were, you know, making their turns on their pass rush uh, agility, um, fundamental drills, swipe at the ball, swipe at the ball, 
Always be thinking about that. You know, you, you, getting the sack is great. But if you could do that in your mind, have that one more thing in your mind that you can do to make this play an even better play, an even bigger play, an even more impactful play, swipe at that ball, knock it loose. How many times have we seen games change on those kinds of plays? And that's one of the things that Unique Ngakwe is one of the best in the league at. That's going to be a game changer for the Raiders. And if he can kind of plant that seed in a Max Crosby and a Clee Farrell, actually Clee Farrell has done it a couple times in his career. Um, he just needs to get to the quarterback more, obviously. But doing something when you get there, taking the play, a good play to an even higher level, uh, you know, by, by, by causing a turnover. But it's also proper tackling, gang tackling, you know, somebody coming in and swiping at the ball uh, when the other guy has, has the player held up. It's all of those things. And it's, it's got to be a point of emphasis, not to say that it wasn't under Paul Gunther, but it needs to be on the radar. If you're a defensive player, it's got to be on your radar. It's, you know, you have to be thinking about that. Like, you know, all right, I got the tackle, but how can I make this even more impactful right here? And, of course, you know, interceptions, tip balls, being Johnny on the spot uh, as a defensive player, you know, uh, getting on the ball. Saw a couple of times last year uh, where, you know, the offense, the other team's offense put the ball on the, on the grass and, you know, it just sat there for a second or two and you got to be able to go get that ball. Who wants it more? So uh, it's, we've talked about it. Creating more pressure up front, getting more sacks. Sacks are going to lead to turnovers, whether they're swiping at the ball and causing a fumble, uh, or or making a quarterback, uh, you know, make a off balance, ill advised throw where he's trying to desperately get rid of the ball. But also, you know, turning on on your on your on your coverage as a, as a, as a cornerback. Being able to feel it, see it, read it, and then turn at the right time in order to maybe come up with the interception. Hey, first thing first, knock the ball to the ground. Make sure the other guy doesn't get it. Make a play on that ball. But as guys like Casey Hayward and you know Trayvon Morg is, was good at this in college, come up with the interception. You know, read it correctly. Make the right break. A lot of that is confidence too. You know, I, it's it's a it's a it's a thin line sometimes. You know, you want to make the play, but you also want to make a big play. Sometimes in the case of like a Jonathan Abram, he, he, he didn't – he was on the other side of that line trying to make the big home run hit play every single time, and it ended up costing him sometimes. But also the confidence to say, you know, I could bat the ball here, or I could just break it out, but I could also make an interception. I could, I could you know, uh, take a chance here, be confident instead of playing it safe. Sometimes safe is the way to go, but sometimes, you know, it's also taking that chance, having the confidence to take that chance. So, and a lot of that is growing, maturing, you know, just just being a better football player, understanding it a little bit better. Uh, but, you know, the Raiders, I think, have the talent to do that in that secondary. I, I liked what I saw. Uh, from the secondary. I liked the depth. Um, it just looked different. I felt the same way about the defensive line. They both look like they're 
in just in a better position to play better and to, to be a deeper rotation. If a guy goes down, uh, I think there's going to be adequate backups. Uh, but, you know, they, it has to happen on the grass. We've been talking about it so much. And it really, you know, for a guy like Damon Arnett to really work his way back into the picture here. And we'll see. Uh, we'll see. It's, it's kind of conspicuous that his name didn't really come up a, a whole lot. I'm not reading too much into that, trying not to read too much into that. You know, but a lot of names got thrown around. And it just felt like Damon Arnett, his name wasn't really talked about too much so far during minicamp, which ended yesterday. It was a whole training camp for him to, uh, uh, to make his mark and to open some eyes and to get into the head of some of these coaches and some of his teammates that are talking about players uh, to, to talk him up uh, as well. So I want to say thanks to all the callers. Truly, truly appreciate it. As usual, you guys always bring it, and I do appreciate that. I want to say thanks to Mike Pritchard for joining us in the huddle. Uh, always uh, enjoy the insight and enlightenment. I want to say thank you to Devon Cotton for making us sound good uh, in everything that you do uh, back home at, uh, at home base. Uh, I'm here at the Raiders facility. I want to say thanks to everybody here. Uh, appreciate all the help. We'll be back at it tomorrow, Friday, 4 to 6 p.m., Ending the week on a high note, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonson. You're brought to you by Tequila and Bonner.